and iHeartMedia. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. You notice all these songs are, like, old? Oh, yeah. Did the Broncos have a song like this? Not that I'm aware. I'm sure they do. You know, the Bears, of course, have Bear Down. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. But they're all, like, from the 50s, 60s. 60s right, yeah. It was it was that time period, right, where you had to kind of have your fight song to go along with it, and they are goofy and silly, and I love them. <laughs> Let's get Dane Mazzatani in here. He covers those Vikings as well as the Twins. He covers a lot for the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and he joins us. We're grateful that he's here. Dane, Trenton, Ken in Des Moines, as always, thank you for coming back on with us, Dane. I know you're busy. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Like you said, staying busy. Um, but after this summer, I think I'm ready for things to start to ramp up again, so it's a good time of the year. Indeed it is. It's football, baby, and we couldn't be any more excited about it. So let me start with uh, with the Vikings and the news that uh, came yesterday. I, I think it was about this time yesterday that they uh, were going to trade for Nick Mullins. Essentially, it's a conditional seventh-round pick. I think if he buttons his chin strap, he, the, the pick uh, becomes a seventh. Uh, but what does this say about the two guys we saw over the weekend in Mannion uh, and, of course, uh, Mons, who, you know, they, they not this, um, uh, uh, not this, management group uh, it was the last one spielman and company but they they used a high draft pick on him what does this mean about the two guys that were there um, going forward i think it means that deep down the vikings front office was trying to give Mannion or mond i think really mond the chance to win the backup job and that became pretty clear midway through camp that well maybe it's going to be Mannion. Um, but then after like two games of the preseason, you start to realize, well, maybe it's not going to be either of them <laughs> because mm-hmm. the way they've both performed to this point in, in the preseason and, and albeit it's only two games, but it's not good enough. And I think you, you really need to kind of look yourself in the mirror if you're the Vikings and, and realize, look, if, if, if Kirk Cousins goes down, if he has to miss the season, the season is over. But if Kirk Cousins suffers an ankle sprain, has to miss a month, you should be able to expect your backup quarterback to go 500. And and with Mannion or Mond, I think you would lose every single game automatically. So with Nick Mullins coming in, he's at least a proven backup in the league. He started like 17 games over the course of his like six-year career. So he has experience. Uh, talking to Kevin O'Connell yesterday, they're not willing to name him the backup yet, but trading for Nick Mullins is essentially an endorsement that he's going to be the backup as long as he looks competent over the next couple of weeks. So at the end of the day, not a good day to be Sean Mannion or Kellen Mond, um, and a pretty good day to be Nick Mullen. Well, I was watching the game. Of course, Paul Allen was was calling the game, and, and even P.A. Uh, said it at one point during the game that he's not sure the backup quarterback is even on the roster. Uh, so when you lose P.A., who, who, who's been known to like this roster, uh, you've lost some. I'm sorry, Chad. No, and another injury that cropped up on the game against the 49ers was Andrew Booth, who comes in, a very intriguing prospect. People said maybe even a first-round talent. The one knock, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. What happens mm. in preseason game number two? 
he gets hurt. What can he tell us about Booth? And it's just, it already has that feeling maybe as one of those guys, you're not sure if you're going to be able to get him out there even 10, 12 games a year. Yeah, it's definitely a little nerve-wracking because, like you mentioned, he has an injury history. Um, he got injured in college a couple of times, and then he entered the, the league uh, you know, having sports hernia surgery, and, and it took him a while to get up to full speed in training camp. Uh, didn't participate in OTAs at all. Uh, but against the Niners on Saturday, it was a weird play because Andrew Booth Jr. was in coverage, but the play was actually uh, it was away from the play, and he just kind of came up lame. Anytime you see a non-contact injury where the guy isn't making a play on the ball or isn't anywhere near the action and he comes up limping um, so bad, in fact, that he needed to be helped off the field you know, by the trainers, you almost always assume me. So that was where my mind went immediately, like, oh, no, like, did he tear his ACL? Mm-hmm. Turns out it's just an ankle injury, uh, and I say just an ankle injury, knowing that, that those kind of, kind of linger – but talking to O'Connell yesterday, the phrase he used was a little more than day-to-day, so whatever that means. But it's not like, okay, he's, he's going to be out for, for a month, two months. Um, I think the expectation is he will be ready for Green Bay. I don't know how much he'll play in the season opener just because it looks like Cameron Danzler is starting to separate himself in, in that starting position next to, to Patrick Peterson. Uh, but all in all, good news about Andrew Booth Jr. that he at least looks like going to be available you know when the season starts uh, i know you wrote about ty mcgill yesterday um at, at, at twincities.com boy it's hard not to notice this guy right and it's hard i would assume for the coaches this journeyman guys bounced around trying to make a roster he's been in the league for a while but you you, you go who's that guy uh but he gets to the quarterback and he has a, a disproportionate amount of sacks for the playing time in only two preseason games he's got to find he's got to have earned a roster spot after what he's done these first two right I would be stunned if, if he if he's not on the 53 um, this time next week. He's been spectacular. And, uh, you know, he's been the best player on the defense in the preseason, largely because they haven't played any of their starters. But the fact that a guy named T.Y. McGill, who I guarantee most people have never heard of before the start of the preseason, is someone that we're starting to talk about, that someone I'm writing about, someone we're currently talking about mm-hmm. on the radio. Like, the fact that T.Y. McGill... <laughs> is a part of the conversation speaks volumes to how good he's been. And he absolutely deserves a roster spot. And it's, it's really cool talking to him after the game. You know, a lot of these guys, a lot of veterans, especially look at the preseason, like, God, let's just get out of here healthy. This is dumb. Like, I don't want to be here. And, and T.Y. McGill was like, this is my eighth year in the league. And the preseason means the world to me and my family, because it's always the way he makes his money. He's always on the bubble. He's always someone who is, is he going to get cut? Is he going to make the team? So he looks at the preseason way different than everybody, and it was kind of fun to see that perspective. And, and, and more than that, fun to see him kind of earn you know, this roster spot while playing you know, in these games at, at a very, very high level. We know Justin Jefferson's an absolute stud, one of the best receivers in the league. Last year, Adam Thielen dealt with a whole lot of injuries. Where's Thielen at now health-wise? How has he looked here during camp? He looks 100%, and... I think you can look at the training camp practices against, you know, Vikings on Vikings and, and realize that Adam Thielen's really good. Uh, but when, when the Niners were in town last week for those joint practices, you got to see Adam Thielen really break off a couple of 49ers defenders and, and, and I think kind of remind everyone that he's not old. 
yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's getting older in age, and and I think when when receivers get up there in age, people tend to just think, okay, he's washed up. Adam Thielen, when he's healthy, now that's a big caveat, but when he's healthy, is still very very good, especially in the red zone. So all reports from training camp so far, he he looks really good. He looks healthy. It was fun to see him go against the 49ers last week because Adam Thielen gets really fiery, and he was yeah. probably the person talking the most trash last week <laughs> during the practices. And that's fun because he, you know, he is getting up there in age, yep. but he's still really competitive and I'd say really good. And if the Vikings are going to make a run this year, it's going to be because Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are playing well, you know, at the receiver position. Uh, let's talk about the two uh, for, uh, Iowa, not Iowans, but played here. Uh, Kane Nwangu, uh, who I think is probably, I mean, I, you know, he's safe. But Amir uh, Smith-Marset, who I believe will make the 53, but he dropped the punt on Saturday night. Um, is that is that worrisome as far as, uh, you know, his spot on this roster? What kind of camp have both of those two had? Yeah, Kanan Wongu's he's safe, 100%. Um, he's going to be there RB3, 4-ish. I think him and Ty Chandler are going to probably rotate there. But Kanan Wongu's going to definitely make this team because he's far and away the best kick returner on the team. In fact, he's so good that the Vikings aren't even putting him back there to return kicks in the preseason because it's like, what do we need to see? So he's as he's safe as can be. He's going to be the kick returner come week one. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset, I think is also a roster lock, and that speaks to how good of a camp he's having at the receiver mm. position because he has not been good as a punt returner. And you feel bad for the kid because they're giving him an opportunity. I've talked to him a couple of times throughout training camp, and he wants to do right by them for giving them this opportunity as the punt returner, but he doesn't seem to be able to figure it out quite yet. Um, in the first preseason game against the Raiders, he misplayed a punt by about 10 yards and went over his head. Last week against the Niners, you know, he, he makes the key, at least catches the ball, but then he immediately fumbles. And if, if you're the Vikings, you, you just can't roll into the regular season having every punt return be an adventure. Like, and that's why they want, if they wanted Amir Smith Marset to win this punt return job because I think they have high hopes for KJ Osborne and they see him as the number three. They don't want to put him back there in punt return if he's going to be a big part of their offense. But Amir Smith Marset, just continues to not win the job. So I think it's going to end up being K.J. Osborne as their power turner this year. But I will say Amir Smith-Marset has shown enough flashes at the receiver position with his speed, with his ability to catch the ball, with his ability to get open, uh, that I would be shocked if he's not on the roster. But again, it's because he's playing so well at his natural position, not because he's been good on specialty. We know the Packers are the betting favorite in the division, as they should be even with the losses that they have, they've certainly built it up. How big of a gap do you think there is between the Vikings and the Packers at this point? I still think it's a Aaron rodgers size gap. Like, I think anytime <laughs> yeah. you have him, you're going to be head and shoulders above the rest. And I don't think it really matters who else is in the division with you. Um, I will say, I think the Packers might take a step back. Yeah, How could you not when you, lose Devon- when you lose Devontae Adams? Arguably, maybe not arguably the best receiver in the league. Like he might just be definitively the best receiver in the league, and now he's gone. Uh, but a lot's going to have to break right for the Vikings to win the division, I think. Uh, and that doesn't mean I don't think the Vikings can make the playoffs. I think they can win 10, 11 games if, if things break in their favor. But I still look at the Green Bay Packers as the class of the North, you know, until further notice. 
Uh, Zadarius Smith, of course, uh, Hunter back for a full year. Uh, I, I think the gaps may be closer uh, than, than we've seen it over pre- previous years. Last one on the Vikings. I know Trent wants to get to the Twins. Um, the, the very last pick in the first round of the NFL draft was uh, Lewis Seen from Georgia. What kind of camp has the first round pick had uh, in, in your eyes? Just an okay camp. Um, I thought at this point in training camp, heading into the final preseason game, we'd be seeing Lewis Seen run with the ones in practice, and we're not. Um, he's, he's, he's running with the ones when, when Harrison Smith is getting a vet day. He's running with the ones when Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum are getting the night off you know, for the preseason game because the Vikings are resting their starters. That's when we're seeing Lewis Seen run with the ones. And, and I think, moreover, the fact that we saw Cam Bynum, a second-year player, get the night off on Saturday against the 49ers, is, is proof positive that he's going to be the starter alongside Harrison Smith at, at safety, which means Lewis Seen is going to start the season on the bench. And I think that's fine. Like, I think sometimes we put unrealistic expectations on rookies to, to be immediate impact players. I don't think this means Lewis Seen is a bust by any means. I think he has the right mentality. I think he's approaching things the right way. Um, but I do think the Vikings probably thought he'd be a little bit ahead of where he is right now. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him this season. Um, but right now, your starting safeties are Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum. Interesting. All right, uh, let's get into those Minnesota Twins. No longer in first. Cleveland has taken control of the division in another disappointing effort last night. Buxton, who has been so banged up, gets even more banged up again last night. It, uh, I said before the season, get me to August and I'll be happy. Well, we're in August and I'm not happy anymore. <laughs> Tell us uh, your overview just of this Twins team and... and does it feel like it's over, even only being two games back? It kind of does, yeah. but I think that's, like, the fact that it's actually not over is emblematic of how bad the AL Central is. <laughs> like, the Twins, as bad as they've looked, and, and I, again, this, this series against Houston coming up is going to be big. If they just get swept and, and Cleveland wins a few games, maybe that's all she wrote. They can steal a couple games in Houston and, and, and string together a few, a handful of wins. They're right back in it. I mean, it's hard to say it's over when they're only two games behind Cleveland, who hasn't been that good either. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't feel like a team that really can do much of anything. It, it's, it's funny because all season I've been kind of preaching, like, just enjoy the ride. But the Twins are making it really hard to enjoy the ride because <laughs> they've just been so frustrating this year with how they, they've left so much on the table. And if it's, not, if it's not the offense, it's the bullpen. If it's not the bullpen, it's the offense. And then you got guys getting dinged up. You know, Buxton, you mentioned with injuries. Correa, like, great for the the clubhouse. Has not been that great this year. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's just kind of flying under the radar. Like, we're giving him a pass because he's a a good guy and he's he's nice and he's brought some leadership to the clubhouse. You paid Carlos Correa a boatload of money not to have, like, like 40 RBIs at this point in the year. So, it, it hasn't gone great, but I hesitate to say this thing is over because... At the end of the day, no one wants to win the Central. <laughs> Somebody's got to win it. Verlander tonight, Framber Valdez tomorrow night, Garcia. Those are the starting pitchers lined up for Dusty Baker over the next three days. Yikes. Dane Muzatani. Dane, thank you so much for finding time uh, to come on here and uh, share your wisdom with our Des Moines and Central Iowa audience. Dane, we appreciate it. We'll read you with the St. Paul Pioneer Press at Twin Cities. Uh, thank you, Dane. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Yep, appreciate it. Dan Mazzatani. So we catch up on the uh, Twins and the Vikings. 
Verlander Valdez Garcia, then San Francisco, then Boston, then the White Sox, then four with the Yanks, then three with Cleveland. Take a breath. Here come the Royals. It's the middle of September. It's over. It's over, isn't it? It sure feels like that. I, mean, look, I hate to say it. Did you see the, uh, have you seen the ads for tonight? No, what the are they? So it, as you mentioned, is Verlander against Aaron Sanchez, who gets the call as he has been toiling. He has uh, pitched this year, though, in the major leagues. Aaron Sanchez, a 7.68 ERA on the season. So that means that the Houston Astros are minus 340. <laughs> With the probable Cy Young winner towing the rubber. Uh, if you... Uh, you can't just lay the one and a half to get that thing closer to even odds. You lay two and a half with the Astros Jeez. tonight. You'll get plus one ten. Well, they, they, the Twins can't score, no. and now they got to score against Verlander and tomorrow Framber Valdez. I might, I might lay four and a half. I mean, this thing is destined for ten two. Oh, Trent, they got you to August. They got me to August. Mm-hmm. Late August. It has not been fun though. I mean, you know this. Since that first month, this has not been a fun Trent, team they to had so many chances. They yes. blew leads in, in Cleveland. I remember mm-hmm. that series. Um, Four out of five games they yeah, blew. Because we were talking that you said, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm probably not getting it right. If it goes their way, they could leave Cleveland up eight or nine or something ridiculous. So Pagan blew three of those four games. Uh-huh. Four overall out of the bullpen with leads. Right. Each one of those games, eighth inning or later. If they would have just held on to those four games... After that series, they were up two games. They would have been up ten games. That's what it leaving was. Cleveland. Yeah, I remember you saying that. And that was before the All Star break, was. right? Yeah, it was a long time ago. But man, they had a chance, and they just never took advantage of it. You know, I do wonder this front office. They've gone out and they spent. They got Donaldson three years ago, mm-hmm. and nobody thought that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Of course, what they did with Correa this you year. Know, I saw a report yesterday that they he may end up being, staying there. Yeah, that he's not going to get the contract. Uh-huh. Well, remember who his agent is. Yeah, true. And his agent doesn't get that full check. No. Unless he re-signs somewhere else. Yeah. That is what Scott is going to play out. Yeah, yeah Boris is going to get his money. He always finds a way to get his money. But I wonder if the Twins now, they have not invested in pitching. That is one thing that they haven't done. After the way the bullpen's really blown up the last two years. Remember Colome last year? Mm. How bad he was in April, and they got off to a terrible start and could never recover. And now this season, if they look at it and say, look, we have to invest something. We're not going to go out and buy a Garrett Cole, obviously, anything like that. But we can't just take these scrap heap guys for the bullpen and hope that you can cobble it together. Mm -hmm. We need to go out and spend this year. Uh, eleven uh, coming up on eleven twenty-five. We will uh, go to the Big Twelve next. Derek Duke covers them and does a terrific job at Heartland College Sports. He's next. Trent's play of the day coming your way at about ten fifty. Another two and one winning day for TC Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point KXNO. College football is back on Saturday, and it's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, new customers can bet just $5 on any team. You'll get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. You can also place the same game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. That's where you combine multiple bets into one, like which team will win, which team will score first, etc., etc. DraftKings, safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Get out your phone right now and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code KXNO. Bet $5 on college football. You'll get $200 in free bets instantly. Again, promo code KXNO only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. The $200 
$100 will be issued as eight $25 free bets. Restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800. Local farmers markets are back in 2022 in your community. Spend your lunch hour outside this summer shopping the Capitol Complex Farmers Market. Vendors will be selling locally grown vegetables, herbs, plants, berries, and eggs, as well as baked goods, baskets, and more. Visit from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Tuesdays through September 27th at the Capitol Complex. For more information on this Greater Des Moines event and others, visit CatchDesMoines.com. This Farmers Market PSA is brought to you by NCMICAuction.net. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com wherever you like to listen. Wolf Construction and Wolf Roofing are currently hiring. What makes Wolf Construction a better place to work is that when we think about developing the whole person is important, whether that person is a new carpenter labor on a job site or that person's a project accountant that works in the office. It doesn't matter who. It becomes more than just a job or a company you show up to. It becomes part of the Wolf family. Competitive pay, excellent benefits, and a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today at wolfconstructordental.net. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trends play of the day, Circus Sports sponsors it. It comes up in about 20 minutes or thereabouts. Right now, we're going to talk Big 12 football. Derek Duke writes for Heartland College Sports, a website de- dedicated to the Big 12. And Derek joins us. Derek Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. Thanks for coming on, Derek. How are things? No problem. Uh, doing pretty good, guys. College football is here this weekend, although we don't have any Big 12 teams. Uh, it's going to be a good weekend to kick back, relax, watch that Nebraska-Northwestern game out in Ireland. So I'm excited. We're just a week away from kickoff about, so uh, I'm really, really excited and looking forward to the year. As we both are as well. You know what I'm uh, excited about? I'm excited that finally, finally, I found somebody that uh, that agrees with me on West Virginia. Not that they're going to win the conference, but they're going to be better, I think. And I've tried to make that case for the last month that, you know, that a lot of people, I know Neil Browns, Trent and I did a segment earlier about the hottest seats in college football. If it's not Harson, it's Scott Frost. I think he maybe put Neil Brown on that list. But uh, you're buying West Virginia as a team that's going to exceed expectations, as am I. Why are you? Well, I think just when you look at the team overall, obviously under Neil Brown, it's been pretty subpar. They played a lot of close games last season. But the thing is, for me, the missing link for them ever since Neil Brown got into Morgantown has been the quarterback position, whether it was Jared Dagey, Austin Kendall, a sprinkle of Garrett Green in there. Whoever it's been at quarterback just hasn't gotten the job done. You can make an argument that the pieces have kind of always been around the quarterback position defensively. They've been pretty good over the last few years, so – it's been the quarterback position, so when I look at a guy like JT Daniels, and people have kind of gotten this kind of notion about him that maybe he's not good, the guy just hasn't stayed healthy. He had a good season freshman year at USC, played good at times at Georgia, just unfortunately has gotten you know snake-bitten by that injury bug. 
But when I look at him as a player, he makes great decisions. He's got a big arm. Graham Harrell is there, going to have a new offense. They're going to throw the ball around. Uh, on both sides of the ball, they're going to be really, really good in the trans- trenches. Their offensive line is coming back, the whole unit. Defensively, they've got some good pieces around. And then I look at the weapons he has on offense with Bryce Ford-Wheaton and Sam James. I think those are two uh, all Big 12 caliber receivers right there. So when I look at the West Virginia team, if JT Daniels stays healthy, I think this team has a really uh, good chance of making noise this year. And speaking of Vegas, you know, Vegas has them at a five-and-a-half win total. I'm going to hammer that over on them. I, I'm with you. Told you, Trent. Yes. Get some while you can. Mountaineers. All right, that's the one. Well, I'm, I'm buying Oklahoma State. And it's Spencer Sanders. I know it has been up and down throughout his career, but with what they have returning on the offensive line, yeah, they lose a running back, but it feels like Oklahoma State always is able to find a guy back there and and certainly excited to see what Richards can do in the future role. I think they got a chance. My question still is, though, defensively, not just because of all the losses that they had on that side of the football, but also losing Jim Knowles. Coming in to run over is Derek Mason. He left Auburn, probably a smart move, getting out of there before the firing <laughs> happens. But what is Mason, ha- has he changed much here? What do we anticipate the Cowpokes defense going to look like this season? I think they're still going to be extremely aggressive. Derek Mason's been known for his, his defensive prowess for years, even going back to his Vanderbilt days and beyond that. So I, I think the defense is going to be fine with him at the helm. I, it might take a little bit to kind of get things back where they were last year. But last year was just one of those years where just every – it was like Iowa State. Everybody was back on that defense last year. And you had new faces emerge. You had an experienced secondary. You had, you know, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, that linebacker who was an All-American. You had so many pieces at every level of that defense last season. And now, essentially, you're kind of starting with the clean slate. At linebacker, the secondary is going to have a bunch of new faces. But the good thing is, you know, that defensive line for Oklahoma State is going to be so – so big and the big part of that defense trace ford's going to be back and healthy colin oliver you have brock martin you have that's three literally first all big 12 guys right there on the defensive line alone Uh, i mean the pass rush for this team is going to be unreal and if any other team is having problems on their offensive line good luck stopping that defensive line from oklahoma state Mm, good info uh so texas tech has named their quarterback uh tyler shuck who iowa state saw in the bowl game (laughs) in the fiesta bowl uh, during the covid shortened season uh tyler shuck gets uh gets the spot first year head coach and joey mcguire uh but that's who he's going with is texas tech a team that um you know i mean i don't think they're going to have much of a year i don't they were they got to a bowl game last year i would be surprised if they repeat that where are you on the red raiders i'm about kind of where they're at where you're at too as well i don't think they're going to win eight games or nine games this season i I don't think that's realistic for joey mcguire in year one i love what he's doing on the recruiting trail but you look at this team, they've got a pretty tough non-conference slate. Even, you know, Murray State, obviously, they're going to take care of business there. But then they go, they have to play Houston at home and travel to NC State, who I think is a really, really sneaky good team out in the ACC. So I think they're going to kind of stumble out of the gate, maybe go one and two in the non-conference before they kick things off with Texas. But just overall, I'm not sold on Tyler Shuck yet. He's, you know, played a little bit last year. I think in that Houston game, that first year, first game of the year, he got injured and was pretty much out for the rest of the season. I do like their backup, Donovan Smith. I think he brings some things to the table that Tyler Shuck can't do athletically. But, you know, when I look at this team just up and down, I think they're going to probably be better defensively where they were a year ago. I still have questions on offense, but, you know, who's going to be up front blocking for them as well as the wide receiver position. So I think there's some definite question marks for the Red Raiders. 
But the good thing is, like I've said, Joey McGuire has been recruiting really, really well for that team. So I think maybe in another year or two, things kind of might change. But right now, in year one, I'm not buying the Red Raiders. Chris Kleiman, he's got a team that feels like maybe they have a chance this year. They've also had some, for every win against Oklahoma, it feels like they also find a way to stub their toe. Can this be a year they at least have a clean year where they don't lose that dumb game? Well, I think that's going to depend on Adrian Martinez, and I think that's definitely the biggest question mark uh, for the Kansas State. Um, so uh, defensively, I don't really have many questions. I think they've got some great pieces on offense with Malik Knowles, Phillip Brooks, and obviously Deuce Vaughn, who's one of the best running backs in the entire country. So if they keep feeding him and take care of the ball, I don't really see a whole lot of hiccups for Kansas State. However, you know, if they're going to be in these passing situations with Adrian Martinez, uh, we all kind of know he's very turnover-prone, so he's prone to turnovers, so... If he can take care of the football, I really like where this Kansas State team can head. You know, maybe they could be that team that gets and sneaks their way into Arlington at the end of the year. But if he's not, you know, it's going to be a pretty tough year for them because Kansas State's schedule doesn't really do him any favors either. So it's all going to depend on Adrian Martinez. If he takes care of the football, I think he's going to be fantastic for Kansas State. Um, and obviously his running abilities combined with Deuce Vaughn, I mean, that's going to be pretty a pretty tough run game to stop for any team in the Big 12. Uh, Iowa State won seven uh, games regular season last year, lost the bowl game to Clemson. Uh, they lose a ton, but you know what? The more I look at this defense, I don't think that this is necessarily a, a, a team that takes a step back defensively. I think their secondary is 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 just as good. Will McDonald is still there. Uh, Colby Reader, the transfer coming in at the linebacker position. Offensively, I think they've got uh, the receiver room is just as strong. Obviously, Brees Hall is no longer there. Neither is Charlie Cole or Chase Allen or Brock Purdy. Um, that's a mouthful. But Hunter Deckers is a guy that, you know, everybody here locally that, that is, is around this program um, is singing the lefties' praises. Where are you on Iowa State? I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to have the same exact record that they did a year ago with that talented team. When you look back on it, they had a lot of close games last season where they just weren't able to finish games. Their record should have been 9-10 wins, and it just didn't turn out that way. I think it's going to happen the same year. There are going to be some games here. We're going to get those one-possession ball games that they're just going to have to convert and win those games. I like Hunter Deckers. Uh, athletically, he's a little bit better than Brock Purdy. He has a bigger arm, supposedly, than Brock Purdy. So I'm really interested to see what he's going to be able to do this year. Jalen Knoll, uh, Xavier Hutchinson are guys I really like at the right wide receiver position. So I think he's got some weapons to work with. I think the offensive line is going to be better. I do have questions at running back. Defensively, Will McDonald is you know, one of the best defensive players in all of college football, especially you know, as a pass rusher. He's probably the best in the Big 12 at it. I'm going to have some question marks you know, just kind of here or there on defensively. Maybe in that back end, they're still a little bit young in that secondary. Uh, Anthony Johnson's a guy I really like going switching over from corner to the safety position. So I still have some question marks. I think there's going to be definitely some of those growing pains with Hunter Deckers, the first-year starter. But I'm still going to say they probably win seven games. You know, I'm not going to push the eight-win total, but I can see six and six or seven and five for sure. So back-to-back seasons now, we've seen a Big 12 champion being left out. Oklahoma State would have been there a year ago if they could have just got that extra inch against Baylor in the championship <laughs> what game. game. What a finish. And then, of course, the crazy 2020 season where it was Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame in. Are we looking now at three straight years? It feels like there's a lot of parity in this league. Are we looking at the third straight year with the Big 12 on the outside looking into the playoff? 
Hmm. As much as I hate to say it, I, I think that may be the case this season. When I look at the Big 12 overall, yeah, it, it is extremely wide open for those teams to sneak up there and get, find their way in the title game. But I think you have a kind of a mix, a, you know, a kind of a clog of really, you know, pretty good teams, maybe above average teams. I don't think this year, I don't look on the, any of these papers, I don't see a great team that I just go, they're 100% the clear cut favorite to win this conference. And typically when that happens, that's when you start seeing the parody. That's when you start seeing the teams beat up on each other, and they have multiple losses kind of going into that Big 12 title game. And if that happens, we kind of know the, the national narrative of the Big 12. They're not going to get the respect that a two-loss SEC team would get even with the one-loss Big 12 team. So that's just not going to happen. They're not going to, a two-loss Big 12 team is not going to find their way in the college football playoff. You know, maybe a team like Oklahoma or Baylor can get in with an 11-1 record, so going into that title game, but I just right now I have a hard time seeing a team emerge from the Big 12 to get in the playoff. Because of the parity, I, I, could, I could not agree with you more. Um, it, it's, it's going to be incredibly difficult because there's going to be teams that uh, at the top of the standings that get knocked off on any given week. Uh, David Duke, Heartland College Sports. David, a couple more minutes, we'll let you go. Uh, realignment is, is still, uh, still percolating out there. We know that Oregon apparently met with some representatives from the Big Ten. You know darn well that they would love uh, that opportunity, and if it's not them, it, it just seems like eventually... UCLA and USC need a West Coast travel partner. I, I think the Big Twelve is in a big is in a great spot. When you look at realignment, uh, how do you see it from a Big Twelve perspective? You know, I think nothing's really going to change as of right now until the Pac twelve kind of makes that move. You know, I'm not sure if the Big Twelve is going to make you know any additions right now. Obviously, I think everybody wants to uh, add some of those schools, you know, the Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah, possibly. So. There's still definitely interest from the Big 12 as far as I can see. Uh, however, I don't know when that moves exactly to get made. So, And the funny thing is you're mentioning Oregon. I think some of the West Coast writers out there have been talking about, you know, the kind of comparing the Pac-12 and the Big 12. And most, you know, 85% of the argument kind of starts with Oregon and Washington as these pillars uh, of the new Pac-12. But I don't think people realize, you know, those two schools, Oregon and Washington, they're only they're literally once they get that ticket, they will be on their way out as quickly as they yep. can. And so it's kind of funny that you would base an entire argument on two schools who are more than ready to leave that conference. So for me, it's still going to be a mess. Obviously, a lot of stuff's going to happen to play out over the next few months, maybe. So I don't know if we're going to hit get any big news before the year with it now the kickoff being so close. But you know, maybe once again by this time next year, we'll start hearing some more rumors and things like that. But I think right now it's kind of cooled down. But who knows? You know, news can happen at any moment in time. So right now, I don't think the Big 12 is going to be having any breaking news in the next month or so. Uh, speaking of that, so you're you're not aware, and I'm not, and I'm not either. I've just seen a couple of tweets that the Big 12 is. Uh currently negotiating with ESPN and Fox. They've you know, gone kind of uh, behind closed doors and are negotiating early their next contract. Have you heard anything along those lines? I really have not, to be honest with you. Uh, I know the, the situation with ESPN is still going to be interesting. The good news is the, with the Big 12 already has that tie with ESPN. With the ESPN Plus, that's the, the Big 12's third-tier rights right there. So there's already a connection there. I can definitely see Fox stepping in as well. So you know what, at this point, I, I think, you know, we'll kind of let the bygones be bygones with the whole Bob Bowles, BESPN thing. So I think at this <laughs> yeah. point, the Big 12 is just going to take take whatever money they can and, and just, you know, they're not going to leave any money on the table, that's for sure. Derek, last thing for me, and this is almost cutting the Pac-12's knees off. 
as a conference, you look around and you know how important television money is to try to keep up. Look, you're not going to be the Big Ten in the SEC, but to solidify yourself as that number three conference, why don't you go to everybody and say, you know what, once a year, maybe even once every other year, you're going to have to play a 9.30 kickoff Central Time. We're going to have Big 12 after dark. We're going to cut the Pac-12 off here. Yeah, it's going to stink. There's going to be complaining, but ultimately this is all about TV. Do you think the members are getting together and saying, we got to think outside the box here, and maybe that's an idea that actually could work? I think without a doubt. You know, the key for that time slot window is nobody else is playing. And if you could have better a better quality product on the field those time slots, then I think it's going to work. Every you know, the, like I said earlier, the West Coast Riders, the guys from the Pac-12, they've been kind of hammering this time slot that they have. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you substitute some of these Big Twelve schools in that time slot, I don't think the ratings would be you know even close. I think the Big Twelve would wipe the floor clean with the Pac-12 schools. So I think if that's why if they're able to add some of those schools, I think it's very very important. To, you know, maybe in the next round of negotiations to get, you know, hey, we have this time slot. Nobody else has this slot. And, you know, I think from that standpoint, it's definitely going to be more of a moneymaker. But, you know, until the Big 12 is able to add some of these schools, you know, you can't really do that right now with the current setup you have until you start venturing more out west. You know, but obviously you do have that BYU connection already. Yep. So that that's a good thing. If you could add some more of that, maybe get another game in there, I think that would definitely be huge for the conference. Derek Duke, Heartland College Sports. If you're a fan of the Big 12, Heartland College Sports. Uh, that's where you'll find plenty of uh, writing, conversation, etc. Derek, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yep, yep. take care. Derek Duke, Heartland College Sports. Uh, so before we go to break, Luca mm-hmm. Garza is a Timberwolf. He is, yes. Yeah, signed a deal. The financials were not disclosed. Mm-hmm. Didn't know if you saw anything on Twitter or anything about that. The but... only thing I know is uh-huh. if he doesn't make the roster, mm-hmm. where would he end up? Mm, hoping for the best. Or downtown Des Moines playing for oh! the, in the G League. I see where you're going. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? Yes, it would. Uh, we'll see. It makes a roster. Yeah, and seeing last week at the camp in Urbandale and just the amount of people that were there. Well, look, they did a great job. Uh-huh. I mean, the old man did a terrific <laughs> yes, job of did. marketing. He was on, I mean, you had him. Yep. I had him. Mm-hmm. Murph and Andy multiple times. Mm-hmm. Morning Rush, guessing same thing. The yep. Fanatics, likewise. Um, yeah, why not? Good, good for them. Mm-hmm. I marketed the you-know-what out of all three of them. That's good. Uh, we'll take, good thought, though. Absolutely. I, like I mean, if he doesn't make the roster, he's down here in Des Moines. That's good. It'd be good for the local franchise, too. Uh, Miller and Condon back with Trends Play of the Day. It's next. Uh, Circus Sports sponsors. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back. With $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. With two ways to win and no rake. Circus Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com. Spas.com. Is now the best time ever to own a single-family rental home in Des Moines. Trent Condon here from my good friends at Renner's Warehouse. And I'm here to tell you housing prices are falling but rents are rising. And with low inventories, they're stronger than ever. What does this mean for you? It's not always a seller's market, but it is always a renter's market. Especially when you hire Renter's Warehouse to manage the process for you. With selling, you never know what you're going to get. With renting, you can be confident in your ability to earn monthly cash flow 
appreciation, and tax benefits for the long term. And with Renner's Warehouse, you can sit back and collect the money. Tenants, they find the best. Rent, they collect it for you. Maintenance requests, they handle them 24-7. All for just one low monthly flat fee. They'll even warranty your tenants for free. Don't sell. Cash in and rent your home with Renner's Warehouse instead. Find out how much rent your home can get by visiting renterswarehouse.com or call 515-528-4420 for details. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, final couple of minutes here on a Tuesday. Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO. Time for Trent's Play of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors, full slate of MLB games. In fact, a double dip. The Cardinals and the Cubs play 120. Then again today, it's 7.05. What do you like, TC? I'm staying away from the double dip there. Double headers in general. I used to have a theory, and it has not worked very well here the last couple of years, so I've stayed away from that. I am going to kick things off this evening Game one, 6.05, Baltimore hosting the White Sox. Your boy Dylan mm. Cease, you need another great start out of him. Yes. Minus 132 at Baltimore. White Sox need a win. Mets lose to the Yankees last night. They're gonna, not going to lose two in a, low, in a row to that Yankees squad. Plus 115, and I got Taiwan Walker on the bump. I like Taiwan Walker. Versus Montez. Against Frankie, who's eh, not yeah, good. Not, not, not the guy that they right. anticipated they, they were going to They wish they had get. Montgomery back. I told you, if you lay two and a half with the Astros tonight, you can get plus money. I'm just going to lay the one and a half. Still minus 138. Give me the Astros minus one and a half. It is Verlander against Aaron Sanchez. You remember Aaron Sanchez. The name, yeah. He was terrible with your Blue Jays, and he continues to be terrible. And finally, our underdog play of the night. Late night, give me Savali, the curveball specialist, and the Guardians at San Diego against Clevenger. And the Guardians, are, uh, are are they a big dog? No, can't be. It's got to be pretty Plus 130. Uh, bigger than I thought. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it. There's Trent's plays. Four of them will grade his Four. report card tomorrow. He had a winning week. He's had a winning week so far. Well, we're only one night into it. Wow. But you know what? You're two and one. You're off on the right foot as opposed to the other way around. I, I've been on the other side uh, a time or two. Uh, good start to the week. We will be back tomorrow, but there's still plenty of local programming coming your way. Uh, in fact, Murph and Andy are coming in at, uh, well, an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics, I think this is Ross Peterson getaway day. I thought he was gone. Leaves tomorrow uh, for his Canadian fishing trip. Uh, and then uh, Cyclone Insider, the Des Moines Register's radio program with Randy Peterson and Travis Hines. They talk Cyclones tonight at 6. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I weekdays from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX.